Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Discussion 5, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey Podcast Network is growing, and we want to make sure that you're aware of everything going on. So let's give you the rundown of the schedule every week, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every single Monday, that's all 31 NHL shows coming at you. One show for every NHL team on Tuesdays. We've got Tales with TR, which also runs on Thursdays. Uh, we've also got Hockey to Heroin coming to you. The Road to Recovery, hosted by Brady Levold, every Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, the Fourth Line Voice coming to you every Wednesday and Sunday. The Ice Analytics Podcast coming to you every Friday. And the House of Hockey Podcast every Tuesday, hosted by Breezy and Ray Ray. If you want to see more, go to the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or at hockeypodnet to check out more. Welcome to episode 65 of the Discussion 5! Ha ha, yeah! Finally worked! Oh man, all that planning. Alright, four more episodes until our big Big celebratory in the nude YouTube episode be uh, super sponsored by Manscaped on that day. Yeah, Um, that's gonna be a fans-only episode. Woo! Alright, let's see our hockey Um, sticks and pucks. Go ahead, man. We're, we're here to talk about the five most pressing matters of your Detroit Red Wings. And uh, we come to you uh, thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network. And we are the Brothers of Discussion. Uh, we uh, do talk pro wrestling on the Brothers of Discussion podcast. You can check that out on bodpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. Uh, we have our uh, joint Instagram account for the Detroit Red Wings podcast and um, the uh, and our pro wrestling show is at brothers uh, underscore of underscore discussion. You know what? I no coffee in the house. Uh, wife and I went to uh, our our. We'll do our local shoutouts later. But I, I got a red eye, and I swear I sometimes I feel like I'm gonna have a heart attack when I have a red eye. I still feel tired. I don't know if it's just too much caffeine day to day, but anyway. Well, I, all right. No, I had a I had a little uh, THC chocolate covered blueberry, and I had some red eyes this morning. <laughs> kind of a different one than what you're used to. But, yeah. Uh, no, I, I uh, that's a whole other thing. I think I brought up uh, on this show too uh, that my daughter scraped out my eye uh, yeah. when we were ordering coffee. They asked me what size, and I said 22 ounces, and the lady, like, stopped and went, huh? And I was like, does that say 22? Uh, so, yeah, thanks to my daughter, I'm going to need glasses, because I can't read. <laughs> um, also, Have a quick shout-out, coffee-wise, just drinking Bones again. This is the Shark Bite flavor, so it's uh, like a little bit of spiced rum. Really oh, good. nice! Yeah, I, I do have the old, uh, I, I've gotten uh, bombarded once I started looking for coffee online, now I've been Are you getting the Bones coffee all over? Yeah. That and every other coffee company. So I tried yep. Oak and Bond. They do uh, uh, barrel-aged coffee. So they oh, have yeah. bourbon barrel-aged coffee is one of the ones I have. And then a Cab Sauv, a Cabernet Sauvignon. And the Cabernet Sauvignon, I, I will say this. I'm sorry, Oak and Bond. You're not. You're probably never going to be a sponsor now. It is, it is bad. I mean, it's straight up just tastes like grapes. And I, I don't like grapes. I don't like grape candy. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm not a huge fan of grapes. I'll eat them if they're out because it's just, Whoa, you know, it's like a grape. Man. But, I mean, who 
Matt, taking a shot at grapes. Yeah, who needs grapes? Uh, But yeah, just taste it. Matt's chirping at grapes as he skates by on the bench. (laughs) But it it is, you know, it's more like grape candy. You know what I mean? It's not... Or it's like grape jelly. Grape jelly covered... If you don't like it, you might have to send it my way, if only because I'm really enjoying this other flavor of Bones coffee. It's peanut butter and jelly, and it's supposed to be kind of peanutty, and then there's kind of like a kind of a grape flavor to it too. Well, it, they they've uh, they're actually a pretty smart company because they deliver the coffee in an aluminum can. So instead oh. of doing the regular packaging, they've gone yeah they I mean they can mass can it just like uh, you know Coca Cola. It's pretty yeah. smart, um, but. I'm not going to give it to you because <laughs> I've turned it into a toy for Eddie. So she just like shaking the can. She's got the heart beans. <laughs> it's really cute. Um, oh. All right. Where Ed, were Eddie, we? Eddie, uh, friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we get all the, all the platforms out there? Yeah. Make sure you, you, uh, you check out our YouTube page. Yeah. Uh, you know, today, if you're watching on YouTube, you, you've noticed that we're joined by Bill Daly, Matthew Schneider, Gary Bettman, and Donald Fair. So uh, thanks for joining, uh, fellas. Greatly appreciate it. <laughs> this is obviously from uh, the, the press conference that was yesterday. A uh, whole lot of whole lot of nothing for the Red Wings uh, to talk about. Uh, but this is this is the best transition we can do. Is the next interesting thing happening for Detroit is going to be the NHL draft on October 9th and tenth. Yay! So we were just talking like, oh my God, what are we going to talk about for the rest of the year? Well, um, we're going to get creative and try and find something to talk about. But uh, at least today, we get to say that the draft is happening October 9th and 10th. Uh, return to play is August 1st, but, you know, who cares? Uh, but, I mean, not for Red Wings fans, who cares? I guess I we mean, get, you to... get to... You get to watch some hockey, but, I mean, the Red Wings I... are... I be think doing the same thing as us. I think it's crazy. They're going to knock out the five-game series by or, um, by October 9th. Definitely October 9th. Uh, by August 9th. And, I uh, hope so. And uh, August 10th, they're going to do the draft for pick one. So I, I just the turnaround for that is crazy, considering how long it took uh, for us to figure out where we were drafting, even though, I mean, I guess you could make the argument we've known for months that we were definitely going to draft at number four. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> God Whoa. damn, do I want to get into that again? Uh, but yeah, so August 10th, we'll, we'll figure out which one of those lucky uh, playoff teams, as it was also announced, is going to get Lafreniere. So uh, just, just a fun press conference for Red Wings fans, considering... Uh, the, the other announcement for this return to play is every team that's returning to play is a playoff team. So for marketing purposes, which is why they made that announcement, uh, believe it or not. So if you're a team, like when the Red Wings were saying they're 25 straight years of playoffs, uh, that that's why they're doing that. That's why they're making that announcement. But doing that, people like, like you know, the hardcore hockey fans don't look at it from a marketing perspective. They look at it from what the fuck, now this means a playoff team's going to get Lafreniere, which is kind of silly. I think if we all thought about it for a second, this, like, not, it's not like whoever was 16 and below, like, who's ever those 16 teams making it to the playoffs, uh, or I guess the second round this year. But, I mean, there there still would have been all those teams that would have qualified for the first pick. So it's still, you know what I mean? Like, after the uh, after this qualifier round, 
all like those teams still would have existed. It might not have been the same list of teams, but still would have been there. I just a part of me is angry, and I know the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to get knocked out in the first. They're going to get knocked out in the qualifying round, and then they're going to get Alexi Lafreniere. Um, but yeah, but you know, do they really expect? Are the Penguins really going to lay down and say, you know what, this isn't our year. This is we're going to get Lafreniere. I mean, I I just don't know what. It's there, such an it's such an investment because like this season, even if you win the cup, it's going to be. A, like a yeah but situation yeah but you know there's a couple star players who tested positive so they didn't even factor into the game so it was just whoever managed to pass the most you know pokes in the brain that team won <laughs> um so as long as the pittsburgh penguins you know fail a couple brain pokes uh yeah they, they you know as their super duper stars uh get a little bit longer in the tooth they're they're just you know and I have luck shine on them again. Um, and they're going to get another generational talent. It's, it's, it almost feels inevitable. It's going to happen. I know. It is It is pretty wild, though, like if this wasn't fixed. Which, I I mean, look. Why, why would I bring up that it's fixed? One, I'm angry. Two, if you were <laughs> a multi-billion dollar organization, would you leave it up to the fates? Would you leave... <laughs> You're the, the NHL just up to some balls bouncing around in a thing. No, because if yeah. if if you really felt that that was that was good enough, then you would just give the first pick to the last team. That like this NHL draft lottery and the people that just shoo away like, oh come on, like the NHL would do that. No, not that's the thing. Because not just the NHL would do it. Every league does shitty things. Every organization does shitty things, and they do shitty things until they get caught. So it's just a matter of, like, playing this game. What's the shitty thing the NHL's doing? And when you you play that game, and then you're like, well, would it be possible that they fix the draft lottery? I'm not... <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I know I sound insane, but, I mean, come on. Are we, re- are we really going to sit there and say, like, there might be some legitimacy to, like shitty things and shady things the united states government has done in regards to like moon landings but no it's impossible that the nhl would ever no this is the nhl draft lottery this is this is tops guys this matters they would never i still yet to see an explanation for why we can't watch the ping pong balls come out of the machine i I don't i don't know why no, you know, Mike, all, it would, it, all it would do is legitimize the entire process and give us faith that what's going on is is something with integrity. Um, right. But then even then, I think I, it would still take another level of detail to be like, well, I want to see each of the ping pong balls go in, and I kind of want to weigh them myself to see if they're each the right weight because the lighter ones might shoot out, you know, faster. So maybe, you know, the Red Wings keep getting light balls so they keep popping up at four and they're not at the bottom of the barrel for number one. So I, I I don't know if you've seen so they did they release this crazy video every year of um, Gary Bettman like holding up a newspaper and it says the date on it and then they go through this you know five ping pong balls come out of the machine and then that number says um, like then they go to a guy who's at a computer. And he goes through, all right, so these five numbers came up. He types in those five numbers, and then they know which team 
wins that pick, like that number one yeah, pick. Yeah, well, how do we know he's opening the like, right. Integritus file? And like, I, oh, let me open up the Pittsburgh Penguins. So it looks like, oh, they drew number one. Oh, whoops. <laughs> um, I, it's just, it's like I tweeted out, I said, I, I believe more that the draft lottery is fixed after seeing this video. Like the fact that they have Gary Bettman hold up a newspaper, I laughed out loud. And I was like, all right, no, this is definitely fixed. Why would they go through the trouble of picking up the the latest Wall Street Journal and having stupid Gary hold it up? Like, I, look, and again, everybody, maybe it's even over Gary Bettman's head, but this group of super rich people, even, even okay, even if it's not the, the draft lottery, they do not let this league just go up to chance. They don't. And other sports leagues don't. There's shitty things that happen with companies everywhere. And if you are light and fluffy and fuzzy and rainbows and lollipops, I don't want to burst your bubble. So just keep on, you know, enjoying the day and hopping on gumdrops. But goddamn, it just seems it seems more unbelievable to me that the NHL isn't doing something shady. Um, But, Um, uh, Mike, they also come out in the open and do shady things. Uh, like Bill Daly saying, listen, one positive test. We're not shutting down the league, okay? Um, so I, I might have taken How many it a, positive tests. That's what, see, that's, I took it a little too far on Twitter and I said, uh, you know, I continued the quote for Bill Daly. <laughs> and I, I said, we're waiting till an actual person dies before we stop playing. And we're not going to count, uh, uh, you know, wives and children or extended family or any front office officials. It has to be an actual player. So, yes, I, I took uh, Bill Daly's uh, words a little too far. But, um, god damn, just, that's what it feels just, like. It's just madness, because I, I think besides the death, uh, that, that, would, that would probably go a little ways uh, towards shutting down the league. But I think if he should just, he should just say, like, we're one positive Alexander Ovechkin test in the Stanley Cup finals from shutting down the league. It's a, if it's a good enough player uh, to get people's attention, like right. a name people recognize, boom. It's that I, what would the Capitals even, they'd be like, come on, how, how are we going to even, you know, we should be waiting two weeks. We, what, how are we going to just play without our best player? What if it's like a whole line that catches it? Cause those guys all hang out together. What if the whole top line catches COVID? I don't know. And the and the weird thing too is that um, you can get then, punished. real quick, like the the way that they're going to try and you know crunch all these games into a short window. So it's not like we can really afford to wait two more weeks because right. you know you're going to be having the draft almost immediately after. Like I think on the website here, uh, NHL actually had something up to date. Uh, <laughs> who knew? Um, <laughs> If they're going to schedule, you know, in uh, Toronto and Edmonton, you know, these these bubble cities, and they're going to try and crunch all these games, they said there's a potential for 52 games played over nine days during the qualifiers. That's insane. <laughs> it's almost guaranteed that there's going to be, I'm not going to say a death, but it's almost guaranteed that a good player is going to get sick. I just, I mean, like, I would, I would throw out there, are there a ton of like Broadway stars in the world? No, it's not. I mean, there's there's a larger collection of like, you know, bank tellers. Um, so the point I'm making is that there was like a major Broadway star that just died this past week. 
yeah. uh, from COVID complications where he, he wasn't an old guy by any means. Um, he was, uh, th- the only reason I, I really heard about this story was because he's friends with uh, Zach Braff of, of the TV show Scrubs and I listened oh, to their Cordero. podcast. Yeah. So it's just like, it's one thing to go, all right, even if one of these guys gets it, they're not going to die. It's still fucking possible. It's, and that's not the pro- like the problem. I mean, look at the the fucking old farts behind me right now. Like, they're gonna be there too. And I, you know, they're making the decision to put this to to play. But still, you don't sit there and look at Bill Daly and his shiny bald head and go, God, I I want him to. You know, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna say it. I don't want to say it. You, I don't want anything bad to happen to those four guys behind me, especially Matthew Schneider. He's done nothing wrong. He just. He sat there at that press conference. He was nice and he was a good, quiet boy. Um, but yeah, you don't wish anything bad to happen to these guys. So even them, like them being around this stuff, like they're they're up there. Like Gary should be the last guy. Like he's an old fart. If he gets COVID, he's got a you know he's gonna he's got a good shot of being one of the people that is mortally affected by COVID. Um, not to mention the fact that it's still possible to die at a young age from COVID. So I, I just, I don't know. It, it's, we could talk in circles. We've been complaining for a while. And when August 1st comes around, uh, the big question that was asked on another one of my favorite podcasts was, okay, you can be the person that's against this happening, but on August 1st, what are you going to be doing? Am I going to be sitting down in front of my TV while I'm still jobless? Watching three to five hockey games a day. Right. And there's their Mike for the first time, they're staggered. So you can actually watch all the games and not miss a thing. <laughs> so it's I mean, gonna work I, out I, perfectly for a hockey fan that you can just sit there a couple of beers and a bag of popcorn and not move from the couch for, you know, guess, uh, nine straight days. Yeah, you do want like one of those portable plastic bladders, I think, so you don't have to move. Uh, uh but I say, bag? Yeah. Uh, well, there's also those like plastic, like it's almost like a, like a kiddie pool, but you can pee into it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think uh, my reference is going back to like the 1910s. Uh, it would have a little honey bucket next to your bed. Uh, <laughs> honey bucket? <laughs> outside of a honey bucket. Yeah, you, you pee and poo in it and it's, you pour it out the window at the end of your day. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of filth in the streets. Uh, but... <laughs> I would just say the players ultimately want to play. Nobody has a gun to their head. Like, I think they, they're like, this is my paycheck. I don't know how many more years you can even do this job. You know, with, yeah. with you know, it, it just depends on father time's allowance for your, your physical limits as a, as a human. Um, so yeah, if they want to do it, I, I guess there's not really anything we should say to stop them. I mean, I make a conscious decision to still go out to eat. Like, I'll, you know, go through a drive-through. I'll, you know, get carry out. Yeah. That increases my risk. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I could see people wearing masks and gloves, and I am, and sanitize your hands when you open the food and then you eat it. And I guess it's a calculated risk. So if they're going to get poked in the brain, and majority of these guys are passing, and I just, on the other side, I just want to make sure, like, if somebody says, you know what, you know, I have uh, a family member that I, maybe I live with who, you know, whatever they have plus COVID, you know, could be, you know, uh, severe, critical, terminal even. Um, It's not worth it for me to come back. Then 
That's all. That should also be totally fine. Um, I guess some players are, you know, getting shamed. I don't know if it's that weird, like hockey toughness, you know, where you gotta, you gotta be there for the your, team, get your teeth knocked out, you know, have, you know, torn muscles and, you know, yeah, that's, dis- that's a player picking, yeah. he's picking his name on the back instead of that logo on the front. Bullshit. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Yeah. It's dumb. I, I mean, if, if it's, you know, we still don't have all the facts. We might find out that we all have COVID and this is the end. But, <laughs> um, you know, I can't blame those well, people. So it's ultimately I, their decisions. I can't shame a guy for not wanting to play. And I can't really shame a guy for wanting to, you know, make that paper, you know? Yeah, and, and this thought just popped in my head, too, where it's like if, if the, the, the decision to go back to play is this easy, it should also be as easy to stop play. Like I don't, I don't want to see the Stan or the, yeah the Stanley Cup final game, and it's like, you know, in honor of Austin Matthews who lost his life this yeah. season. You know, like I just, I hope it's as easy to say, you know what, we fucked up, we're done, we're shutting this down because even though we have a pretty tight bubble, it popped. Um, all right, so. <laughs> I think uh, we, we've got some other stuff planned for this episode, and I, I, I think everybody knows how I feel about um, our commish. Uh, but, Mike, if that bubble's popping, it's not because of your Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, because that thing... <laughs> that thing keeps you nick-free. So if, you're, if, you're, if you've got a skirt around a bubble and you need it nice and tight... Absolutely. Make sure, make sure you're cutting it with the lawnmower three. Okay, that's a terrible transition because nobody's really cutting bubbles, but everybody's cutting their pubes. Well, you can shave a, good, a balloon. A good percentage of people cut their pubes. Um. <laughs> all right. So what are we talking about here, Mike? Uh, we're the the banter's not working out so great. Uh, I'll say my most prized possessions are probably my PlayStation Four, my uh. Nintendo Switch and my Twig and Berries. And I have all sorts of people play with my PlayStation 4 and Switch, but I only trust one other entity with my Twig and Berries, and it is the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. I trust that thing with my life. I'll even do it with my eyes closed. There's a little light so you can kind of watch your trail as you're moving along. I'll do it with my eyes closed. I don't give a shit. I feel safe in that thing. I actually, it kind of feels good. I, I look forward to when I need a fresh uh, man scrape with the manscape. Yeah. Know? No, I, I take it apart and I, I use it as a, a sheath when I'm not cutting. I take all the blades out. I take the, the motor that, uh, what is the, um, is it 7,000 RPM? The 7,000 RPM motor with the quiet stroke yeah. technology. I pull that out and I sheath myself because I feel so safe and warm in the arms of the lawnmower 3.0. Um, now, this thing will last you 90 minutes. Mike, you mentioned that wonderful LED light that's going to shine where the sun don't normally reach. Uh, we've got our charging stand that's uh, the rapid technology, uh, the rapid charging technology through the USB charging uh, options there. And... Uh, what we want to uh, give you guys is, is an offer here for 20% off uh, one of their packages with, with free shipping. 
at manscaped.com. Use promo code THPN. That's for the Hockey Podcast Network. Use promo code THPN at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping so that you can bring the lawnmower 3.0 to your home and start whipping that thing around. Woo! Your twig and berries with your eyes closed. Well, it's funny because they say that, you know, the battery lasts for 90 minutes. And, you know, unless you're like super duper hairy, you know, you're Antonio Cesaro in WWE. You're like, why would you even need to do it for 90 minutes? This thing's so efficient, man. You finish in like five, but you just keep humming around because it feels good. Well, uh, our, our next spot here, we like to do our, our local restaurant shout out. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm today enjoying uh, Uptown Coffee and Ooh. Coffee House, and uh, of course, I hate bringing up where I live, but it is in Howell, Michigan. That's, that's it's within walking distance of my house. Um, they're great people. They they supported uh, Black Lives Matter, so this is this is a good company in Howell to support. So there's a lot of young nice. people working there uh young owners so that yeah they 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 were out there helping uh when we had our our protest uh believe it or not in the in the center of howell and uh they were there to support uh the youngins who obviously when they're looking for a place to uh to drink coffee they've only got a few options in howell so um the wonderful cinnamon roll and uh sour cream donut uh we had there this morning too my wife and i so highly recommend the cinnamon roll donut pretty good um <laughs> coffee top notch i'm going with uh last night's dinner uh local eatery here in the uh ferndale and berkeley area in michigan that's the shawarma castle Woo! right you're gonna leave there feeling like the king of shawarmas because uh the food's delicious uh the service was great uh they were uh super diligent about being safe with everything gloves masks uh uh the big hockey boards when you get your food. Um, even when he, he uh, did the money exchange, gave me the bag, you know, he's gesturing out with a little sanitizer to give me a little boop um, on my way out the door. Came home, spent about 35 bucks, uh, just got a uh, smorgasbord of different um, Middle Eastern treats with the, the grape leaves, the hummus, the garlic sauce, uh, the patouche. I always get outvoted. I'm the only one who eats tabbouleh, so we didn't get tabbouleh. Son of a bitch. And then uh, chicken shawarmas. Great product. Um, can't wait to go back. Um, yeah, and my order was ready in like 10 minutes, and it was an 11-minute drive, so I really had to rock it over there. <laughs> I, uh, but, Matt, with that said, um, I think we we're going to talk a little bit about Eiserman's track record uh, yeah. in the draft. And, and um, it has to start – I think I only want to pull – one quote because we we had um we had a lot from the Eiserman press conference from a couple weeks ago but obviously we didn't yeah. record last week so now we're two weeks away or two weeks uh into the future from this press conference so we're not gonna we're not gonna hang out it too much it, it was more important a couple weeks ago but um he he wants uh he wants to grab two two to three players from this draft and uh three might be asking a lot because we're going to go through uh, Eiserman's track record with the Lightning going back to 2010. And and that quote is so important because he said it when he first came on board. Um, and I, I think I think the difference we get to think about here or, or plug in to Eiserman's plan of two to three players is that we are collecting more draft picks than he ever would have needed to do with the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, in the first couple of rounds. 
Uh, and then on top of that, we're going to have pretty early picks where that uh, that chance of you landing that game changer, the guy who's going to get close to, you know, you, you want to get over that hump of like three quarter point per game for a guy to be super effective. Um, get, you know, get closer to that point per game is, I guess, the easier way to put that. Um, uh, for somebody to be super effective in your lineup, I, I, I just... So that's maybe where that two to three figures in. But what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about, it looks like Eisman was pulling in two players per draft that not I mean, it wasn't just like a, this guy played hockey. You know, they had significant impacts for at, at least one season with uh with Eisman and his team. Oh my god. Uh I'm being told that Oh no, because you signed in with another account. What happened? We only have ten more minutes with this, cause you ah. signed, cause you signed out and signed back in. It thinks we have three people talking right now. All right, well here we go. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Whew. All right, let's go, everybody. Podcast in ten minutes. All right. Okay. Go, man. So enough rambling. Oh, let's let's talk about uh, Iserman through uh, with with the Tampa Bay Lightning and uh, Mike. I don't I don't know how you want to do this, but we we could just start listing guys off. But I, I think the first first things first is that we can we can easily say between 2010 and 2016, Iserman did bring in two guys per draft, and it's something right now where you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, and because of what he brought in, at least two players per draft. I mean, they're tops in the league, so I think a lot of people, uh, you know, kind of jump on like a Stamkos name and say, well, he didn't bring in Stamkos. But he brought in two of the best forwards in the NHL right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that weren't even in the first round. So I think that idea of making sure that you have, uh, I don't, I don't know if you just want to say it's good scouting or you know picking guys at the right time. But that mentality of knowing you need to land two to three players, I mean, it it definitely paid off. And uh, well, the the bigger name was 2011, but we'll start in 2010. Um, Brett Connolly's the first pick, uh, or the, the sixth pick in, in the draft, but the first pick for, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Radko Gudis. So I just made mention, we're not going to bring up guys that <laughs> weren't just getting games played, but I still, I mean, I don't, I, I think what I mean is they didn't just get like one game played in the NHL. Uh, so these are guys that, you know, for, for a good portion have affected the NHL. And, and that's the other thing too. We actually have guys on this list that aren't even Tampa Bay Lightning, um, so I think it's important to just say these are guys that affected the NHL. And, and I think uh, whether or not you're talking, are they going to help the, did they help the Tampa Bay Lightning? Did they give the Tampa Bay Lightning opportunities later to draft somebody else? And, and here, one of the examples we have, we have a great example of, of one uh, draft pick or one, one player being traded to, to pick up another guy that looks like he's going to work out pretty well for the Lightning. But anyway, um, getting back... Getting back to 2010, I think we start with two pretty solid NHL names in Brett Connolly and Radko Gudis. Um, but I, I mean, I just can't. Let's, let's just jump into 2011 because now we get to talk about Nikita Kucherov. Oh, you want to talk about Vladislav Nemesnikov? That's my boy. <laughs> we go way back. No, it's Nikita Kucherov, man. Um, I, maybe he's like a, a like a Datsuk. I know it's not quite as deep, obviously, but like a Datsuk find where. I can't believe how many teams would just mortgage their future to acquire this guy at this point. Right. Um, he also carried my fantasy 
hockey team a couple of years in a row because for some reason there's the the magical season where he just you know popped out of nowhere and then people thought it was a fluke so I got to draft him again in the next season um so yeah big fan of that guy uh I think you definitely got to give Steve credit for finding a megastar at 58th overall in 2011 yep. <laughs> um and obviously when we redraft that year um pretty sure he's he might go top eight i'll get I'll, I'll, let's go that far at least um but yeah like you're saying it's it's just you want to have examples of uh um we're gonna see steve obviously drafted four but you know if we're getting you know big hits at 27 uh we're getting big hits at 58 and the red wings just keep accumulating these second third round picks this is the kind of evidence you want to see this is the kind of draft production you want to see so it's 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 inspiring. It makes you makes you feel a little bit better about you know what's in store for our team here. Yeah, and I, I think I think the point we just need to keep coming back to is that you they're they've got so many holes, so that if Eiserman is just sitting here and and you know he he kept talking about how we didn't land the first pick, and he's like, well, I'm not surprised. That's kind of just how this would have worked out um, statistically, like. For for Eiserman, the plan is never just we're landing this the first pick or we're getting a first round pick that's going to change the team. He knows he has to he has to expand expand the reach, um, and and he did so a couple times in the next season. Where um, now Slater Coco, I I I'll say this: um, we talked last week or two weeks ago about using the uh, state of the art simulation of the NHL game. I, I've picked up Coco. And it, it's gone pretty well in uh, in NHL 20, where he actually helped me uh, get a Stanley Cup. Now he was uh, he was my seventh defenseman, but you know I I give everybody time with the cup, uh, so I I made sure that he was in the forefront of the picture. You know, put some of the other guys that know they're going to be around for a few more cups. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll I'll say at least from the perspective of NHL 20, that's uh, that's how that worked out. But uh, Vasilevsky is he's still a first round pick. So all those arguments I've made about goaltenders in the first round uh, get thrown out the window with Vasilevsky. The only argument I will continue to make is that you don't take a goalie in the top 10 because it's still way too up in the air and uh, a coin flip of a guy being good. But um, but I could see Eisenman maybe, you know, bundling a couple picks to move up and snag that guy. Um, shit. What, uh, what's that kid's name? Damn it. Uh, he, he's a he's a six foot eight monster goalie. Askarov, Jesus. Yeah, we were coming through. Yeah, I, you know, you're making commentary there about getting Vasilevsky in the first round. I, I think for me, it just there's always these rules with drafting. You know, like you you have to do one thing, you can't do the other. There's a process to this, and you know, seeing Steve pass on forwards, you know, last year and get our boy Mo Sider, who looks like he's going to be a find. Um, I, I just I wouldn't be surprised to see something like this out of Steve to see him make some you know sort of uh, transaction um, to move up and you know potentially get you know what's projected to be the best goalie in this draft in uh, Askarov. So well, they, it's they, uh, it's just he's setting that precedent. That's what we're trying to do with these past drafts. This this was uh, also they picked up Cedric Paquette, who's not breaking doors down with points, but I mean this is a guy at this point in his career who's going to hit 400 games played in the NHL, and that's that's nothing to sneeze at. And especially a guy who was drafted in 2012, he's he's not near, you know, playing. You know, we, we talk about, like, guys breaking records for games played when we, we looked back at uh, some of the older drafts. So obviously he's not at that point. 
But uh, yeah, 400 games in the NHL, and he's he's drafted pretty late. This guy um, comes in at pick number 101. So that I mean, there's there's three guys right there that are at least affecting the NHL. Uh, but we got to move a little bit quicker here. We have less than two minutes. Let's do it. Um, yeah, this now... was a monster year coming up next. Uh, it was Adam Ernie, Jonathan Druin. A uh, couple of solid wings. Uh, not but, even on, yeah, not even on Tampa anymore. But we know where Ernie is, and then uh, Jonathan Druin uh, doing some good work over in Montreal. Not again. Uh, you look at a guy who's a third pick. Is he is he panned out to that point? I mean, I think the Red Wings wouldn't be thrilled to say that our fourth pick this year plays as good. It's Jonathan Druin, uh, because we had such a shit year, you kind of hope to get the game changer that's going to push you over. Uh, yeah. But, you know, th- this is a guy that becomes a piece to the eventual finished puzzle. Not not exactly not exactly the game changer. Not, I, 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 can't, I can't stress enough how important that is. Um, all right, just rolling along here. Anthony uh, D'Angelo in 2014, he becomes a, a, a trade that gets him a second round pick in 2016 that becomes Liber Hayek. Uh, uh, I just want to throw that in there because we're going to get to 2016. I thought that worked out pretty good, uh, pretty good. But also 2014 was Braden Point, who was the big restricted free agent, possible pickup uh, this past season. Uh, we've got less than a minute here. So 2014, working out great. 262 points in 295 games for Braden Point so far. I mean, he's one of the top forwards in the league. So you, there's it's nothing to sneeze at there. And then uh, 2015 is Anthony Sorelli and Matthew Joseph. Um, again, very young in their career. And as we see in 2017 and 18, we just don't have enough time to properly measure these guys. But I think yeah. what we've done is at least collected two names from each draft that have affected the NHL to the point of playing more than one hockey game. They've actually all played uh, <laughs> They've all played over 50 games. Hey, everybody. Uh, so, as you heard, we tried to wrap up there a little bit, but uh, just to kind of finish off that point, uh, even though we, 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 we lost that, uh, you know, Zoom gives you 40 minutes if you have more than two people in a meeting. Well, unfortunately, Mike's connection didn't work out in the beginning before we even started recording, so it assumed we had three people in the meeting because he signed in again. Uh, to the meeting that would make his old account and then his new account and then myself there's three 40 minutes boom done all right but just to kind of wrap up here where we were going uh you've got in 2010 brett Connolly, red kogudis 2011 was uh uh kucherov andre palat 2012 is coco vasilevsky 2013 druin and ernie i mean i know we're looking at ernie in the roster now and you know maybe we've already made our uh, <laughs> uh, judgments on, on his playability, but I, I still think uh, that it's it's good enough to say that this is a guy who's affecting the league, like we tried to term it. 2014, Anthony D'Angelo, who's a half-point-per-game player right now, uh, and uh, Braden Point, who's, I mean, as we all know, is the huge uh, potential, could have been a restricted free agent pickup that ended up sticking around with Tampa Bay. 2015, Anthony Sorelli, Matthew Joseph. 2016, Brett Howden and Liber Hayek. I will say, uh, you know, even with the the last year we just mentioned, uh, it's probably still too early to make the proper judgments on, on where these draft picks are going, but definitely way too early on 2017 and 2018. Uh, so the game we wanted to play uh, was what do you see in the 2019 draft? Um and, and and the possibilities for us locking up just 
two players from that draft, and that that's that's what's so huge. Now, uh, Eiserman had a lot. Uh, the um, the amount of draft picks he had. I mean, this is one of the largest amount that he's had since since he's been a GM. Um, so the possibility of hitting that third draft pick is actually it's actually pretty good. If if you look at the statistics for him having those seven picks and landing at least two guys. So now he's getting uh, 10 picks, I believe, off the top of my head, and the, that potential for landing that one more guy uh, just went up. And I think I think that's how he's playing that game. And that's why it's always about collecting those draft picks so that it's not just... Because uh, I think what we're, what we're seeing is he can easily pick up two guys per year that will fit somewhere, um, even if it's a fourth-line guy, or if we're talking about a, a seventh defenseman uh, that can make some, you know, make a difference in Grand Rapids as well. I, I think that's still, you know, easily that that can be attained. And it, as long as Eisenman, he's not getting frustrated by the fact we're only landing uh, or we fell back to the fourth pick. And he's still sticking with this idea that he came into the Detroit Red Wings with was the draft is where we're going to build this team. I need two to three players from the draft. Here's the proof that it's super possible to get the two land more picks. You upgrade that potential to land the third guy. But I think you still want to look at the past draft and go, all right, we landed a Moritz Sider. There's a lot of defensemen in that draft. There's uh, some pretty good potential on the forward side. And then when we move into this next draft, um, you know, do you want to, as uh, Mike put it, do you want to trade up and maybe try and get Askroff if he continues to fall back in the draft? Or, uh, which I don't, I don't think is going to happen, uh, or do you just continue to build up your amount of draft picks and try and play the game of, you know, I know... Uh, maybe first round isn't attainable, but you know, picking up somebody late in the second round and that potential for another Nikita Kucherov. God, doesn't that sound great, right? And that that, that wasn't a year where Eiserman had ten picks to choose from. So, all that said, I think uh, the evidence is there. If Eiserman was was continuing to interview, if it was an ongoing interview with the Detroit Red Wings, which I know he wouldn't even have to interview to get that job. Uh, but that that's what you'd come in and say, like this is. This is my track record. My plan is to make sure that you guys get two to three good draft picks every year, and here's what I've been able to do. Um, and it's in, it's important too that uh, you know some might argue there aren't so many holes on the team that we're going to need six or seven years of, of draft picks, but you want to continue to build up uh, as as Eiserman did um, that that. Um, that core that you can you can continue to build the team off of, but also some talent that you can trade away, so that when the time comes, uh, you can start to uh, build up your team at the trade deadline when you're making your final run for uh, either a playoff spot or building up your team for the cup. So all of that put together, that's that's why this is going to be so important for Eiserman. And again, I think we all know how important the draft is, but this is that evidence to say if there's any guy that has a plan and is stuck to it. It's it's Steve Eiserman. But just want to remind you guys, check us out on Instagram, brothers underscore of underscore discussion uh, to see both. Uh, we've got the Pro Wrestling Pod and the Detroit Red Wings on there. And then uh, you can find this podcast everywhere and including we have uh, our, our episodes up on YouTube. So if you're looking at my face right now, you obviously know that we're up on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, check us out. Subscribe, rate and review anywhere you can and uh, let us hear what uh, what you think. All right, uh, sorry again for the uh, running out of time on Zoom. Uh, Greatly appreciate everybody who's tuning in, and uh, we will be back next week to uh, get back into our redrafting game. All right, have a good one, everybody.
Hi everybody, this is Matt Klink of the Brothers of Discussion, reminding you that you can find the Brothers of Discussion at BODpodcast.com, BrothersofDiscussion.com, find us on Twitter at BODpodcast, and of course we are bringing you content every Thursday, if not during every Monday Night Raw, every NXT show, every AEW Dynamite, every SmackDown, every pay-per-view, every major show happening in the United States, the Brothers of Discussion are covering it, so if you want good wrestling coverage come to the brothers of discussion thanks everybody